Happy Friday, theater lovers! This week's guest is Rachel Jackman. Rachel walks me through her calling as a voice coach, including the wide variety of clients she assists and the even more varied reasons they require her assistance. She also talks about being in a choral group and how some towns are just more into it than others. Rachel is sincere, genuine, and clearly invested in her career and her clients. Not only that, she is, and I speak from experience, the high queen of pep talks. On with the show. So, welcome, Rachel Jackman. Does that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> to Sarnia Famous. Super funny because we just finished a singing lesson. So, uh, we're just getting our full fill of each other today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually super glad that we did just have the lesson because... I don't know, it was, I felt like we bonded, especially on this one, because you were yeah. showing me your tummy and how to, like, yeah. <laughs> blow in and out and sing properly. And, and this is the extent that we've worked together uh, in a theater capacity, is that you're trying to teach me how to sing. And no matter, I, I've wanted to tell you for a while, no matter what kind of squawky noise comes out of me, you are the queen of pep talks. Like, I walk <laughs> away from these lessons being like, yeah, I can sing. <laughs> Even if it's, because you seem to, do you find the best in whatever's coming out of me, which I really appreciate because I need all the encouragement oh. <laughs> that I can get. So anyway, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for being yeah. willing to, to do this with me today. No problem. Glad um, to be here. <laughs> awesome. So your name has been brought up a few times and I honestly didn't realize it was you because the spelling of your last name is very different from the way it's pronounced. But yeah. when I was talking to Devin Wales about yeah. wanting to do singing lessons, he said, for sure, you gotta got to go through Rachel. So, um, so yeah, so then that leads me to ask you, how did you get involved with the theater stuff? doesn't have to yeah. be only theater Sarnia, just in general. Yeah, um, oh, I have to think back a little ways. Um, so I've always been... Um, interested in singing I've just explored lots of different areas of life also all kinds of different fields but it, I always kept coming back to singing and music as what I wanted to do and with theater Sarnia in particular that's really the only theater I've worked with extensively if you can call it extensively um, I don't have a whole ton of actual musical theater experience outside of that and I really got pulled into it um, because my husband, Sai, was asked to music direct Sound of Music, like back, I don't remember what year that was, 2013 maybe? <laughs> um, and I participated in that show and then kind of just got hooked. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and so I, I kept wanting to participate and so I did a little bit of acting and got to know some people and did some vocal coaching and that was, that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> is vocal coaching and um, people just got to know me as that vocal coach I think and I it might be part of what you said like talking about how I find the best and like I find the best in your singing or whatever that has been my approach all the time for everything like let's obviously there are things we have to work on but I'm always going to tell you the things that you're doing well and so I think I a lot of people respond well to that so I just kind of got known as the, the voice teacher or the vocal coach a lot of things. And it's very genuine from you. Like, I don't feel like you're like, oh, you did so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's obviously a natural talent 
and and what what about is what is it about vocal coaching that is rewarding for you I think well I love so I love the voice I just am so fascinated by how the voice works hmm. and when I'm fascinated by something I just want to share it with everybody so I I really just want everyone to know how cool the voice is like I want you to know how it works and I it, it was one of the things I just, when I'm teaching, I feel good. I feel like I'm making a connection with another person and I know that I'm good at it. Like I'm getting a response and that really is all it is. And that sustains me. It's just so, so great. That's such a good feeling. Um, I also really love breakthroughs are my favorite thing. If I can work with a student long enough for them to have a breakthrough as you said, like, it, it, it's a bonding thing. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we accomplish something together and I feel so happy, genuinely happy for the student and they feel so genuinely happy and so proud of the work that they've done. It's just, that's what's so rewarding about it. Um, I think it's kind of incredible because you, you're obviously not, you know, up there in year, years. You've got such a youthful little face um, that you found this calling, this passion already in life and are excelling at it. I think that's, that's incredible. That's what everybody hopes to do. So, uh, so acting, what kind of stuff did you do in the acting world? Well, not a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking I probably got in because of my singing, not a little more, (laughs) a little more so than my acting. I really am self-conscious about my acting, but, um, the first, so I, in Sound of Music, I was just, I helped with the nuns chorus and I was kind of just in the background as a nun or something. <laughs> I did Mary Poppins after that. Mm. I was uh, Mrs. Banks. That was super, super fun. Um, and I learned a lot because my acting partner was Brent Wilkinson and he's amazing and so patient. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so that was really great. And, and Richard is also so great and he was directing uh, Richard Teske. And so I just was, I happened to be surrounded by all these amazing people who helped me kind of hone that acting skill. And then my next acting wasn't until just before the pandemic when I was Helen in Fun Home and working with, again, just some amazing people like Holly Wenning and like, she was just like so helpful. And Shane Davis was my uh, acting partner. I don't, I'm just throwing out these names. I think a lot of people know them because um, they're so good. Like all these people are so good and so helpful and it does, they don't care if I'm not a seasoned actor. They're happy to help. Right. I just love that atmosphere. So yeah. That's the acting that I've done. It is kind of incredible in this town. Honestly, um, everyone is so welcoming and nurturing mm-hmm. regardless of your talent level which I think, again, it shows the level of passion behind it, that like you're willing to, to share it with people, with patience, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember you mentioning um, your husband was a music director. Was it Sound of Music? Yeah, Sound of Music. So then uh, what's that like? Be Does he still do musical stuff as well as a, a career, or was that more of a hobby thing? So he's a composer. He writes... Wow. Uh, he writes choir music, and um, but he did do some music directing. He directed uh, Hunchback and Fun Home. <laughs> yeah, so we've done some productions together. I was also in Hunchback, but I was in the onstage choir, so a little okay. less responsibility there. <laughs> so then I like I pictured in my mind. I have this this fanciful tendency to imagine things. 
um, when people tell me stuff. I just imagine you guys in your home, like, singing to each other, like, let's go do the dishes or, you know, something like that. Is is that like I imagine it to be? What's it like being working both in, in music? Um, it's it's really cool. It's maybe not quite like that, but I sing a lot. <laughs> I sing a lot around the house and he loves it. And he, he tells me all the time, just keep doing that. Make sure you're always singing. I love yes. hearing it. And we do little projects together. Like um, we made, he wrote a song and I sang it and he played the piano. And that was like our gift for my parents for Christmas. Get out of here. So we do little things like that. That is so flippant. That's like a Disney movie. That is so sweet. Oh my goodness. It's fun. It's really fun. So then mentioning mentioning your parents, did you grow up in a musical home as well? Oh yeah, big time. Um, my mom specifically, very musical, and we were put into lessons very early in life. Uh, piano lessons and then voice lessons actually a little bit later when I turned 10, I think. But yeah, we always participating in music and my brother sings and my mom sings and my dad loves music as well and he sang and I had a I directed a choir for a little while in Sarnia and my dad sang, sang that in that choir yeah lots of music so what kind of choir was it that you were directing so I um it's a we called it a chamber choir at first so my husband and I started it and um, it started out pretty small um, but then it grew and it became more of like a community choir, four-part harmonies. And that was actually the core group um, that made up the onstage choir for Hunchback back when we did that. Okay. Um, so a lot of the choir members who had never done theater before sang in that choir, which was pretty cool. Yeah, just a regular community choir. We've done a bunch of concerts and it was really fun. Both my parents sang in it. Okay, so, so a, a unisex choir. So do you find uh, certain voices, male or female or combination, whatever, um, are easier to work with or, or more your forte? Yeah, so I, I can work with both. I have lots of experience with both. I do find male voices a little bit. I have to do a bit more research on male voices, and I happen, I just have a lot of really wonderful friends in the vocal world that I can reach out to. So a lot of times I'll reach out to my tenor friends or my bass friends and say, hey, I have a student who has this particular problem. What are some exercises you would recommend? And I'm just, I have to not be afraid to do that because mm. I know what exercises work for the female voice because I can try them and I can, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have a male voice and they are different. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, I just, I'm really glad I have, and my husband as well, he's a bass. So I, I have all these people I can ask for help. <laughs> if um, I need for male voices. I, it's a little harder, but I yeah. can do it. And I yeah. rely on some other people sometimes. Sometimes it's not easy to ask for help, especially when it comes to your career. So mm -hmm. I, I admire that, that you're, you're, you identify it and know that that's what you need to do in order to get there. Um, yeah. I think the easy way would have been to be like, eh, nope, I just specialize in what I know, but you're out there trying to trying to learn both ends of it. So um, forgive me, if this is a no-no topic, then you let me know. We just skip it. We move on. No big deal. But uh, so you recent, recently moved? Yeah. Uh, was that a, like a career-based move? It was, uh, uh, yeah. So we moved to Halifax. My husband is originally from here. Oh, okay. Um, so that was part of it. It was just, you know, we needed, we needed a change was mm. mostly <laughs> what it was. Um, the pandemic kind of sped things along. 
Uh, we actually moved like right in the heat of the pandemic and it was mm. so hard. We had to like provide papers at every provincial border and oh quarantine for 14 days when we got to Nova Scotia. It was a nightmare. It was a year ago. Wow. <laughs> so I'm really, really glad we're here. And, and I'm really glad I could have the online lessons yeah. as well. But yeah, it was just, we just wanted a change was most of what it was. How and we might not beautiful. be here forever. It's beautiful. Yeah. We, we might not be here forever. We're just kind of keeping, keeping our options open. That's great. I, uh, my husband works for the Coast Guard and there's always a chance that we could move to Nova Scotia or BC. And I kind of like that. I like the idea yeah. that, you know, it's not permanent and like, of course we have our people here and everything, but it's exciting to know that, you know, the future could yeah. be something completely different down the road. Right. Exactly. And for sure, being able to teach online uh, mm -hmm. is a huge advantage. Oh, yeah. I, I know you were saying in our lesson today that um, this was when you were showing me your tummy and how to <laughs> how to breathe with my, my abs and stuff, um, that that is something that's more tricky in in the online. And so I'm wondering, you know, what are the advantages and disadvantages? What do you miss about being in person? What do you think is better about being online? Those kinds of things. Yeah, good question. There are a couple things for sure that are better in person. So what I was showing you today, um, you know, I had to stand up and adjust the camera to show you my belly, <laughs> show you my abs, and how that all works. Um, it, that's obviously way easier in person. Um, and I can see more easily as well. Um, mm. on the student in person and, and the other thing is accompanying so I could play piano along with you in person I can't do that online mm. that is a pro and a con actually because it's nice to be able to accompany your student but I found that with the online lessons the student being forced to either sing with a backing track or sing a cappella with nothing behind them a lot of my students are fine-tuning their ear a lot more and are able to really feel where they are in their voice a lot better and they're not relying on piano anymore so actually being forced to take that away was really good for some of my students hmm. yeah and we get around the not being in person and me not being able to see your whole entire body um, by just you know I'll have you stand up if I need to see something I'll stand up if you need to see something that kind of thing so there are little things you can do I like the online better for a number of reasons because I've actually parents like online a lot because they don't have to drive their kids yeah. somewhere yeah they can just and at a certain age the kid can just come home they know when their lesson is and they can sign on and the parent doesn't even have to be involved at all yeah so that's really nice I again with the people's ear I, I find that's just so helpful just to be forced to do it without the accompaniment has been really good it also just I think some of my students are, it depends on the student, but some of my students are quite introverted as well. So I think for some of them, it's kind of nice to have the screen in between us. Um, and they've really come out of their shell a lot more. So I, that might have happened in person, I don't know. But the online has really worked well for those students hmm. who are a little more shy. So, I mean, I think in-person lessons for certain levels of singing are going to be necessary. But... I would always say that if a, if a student got to a point where I was like, you really need to go see someone in person, I'll, I'll say that. 
right? And and I I think that's really important, just knowing sort of what your what your boundaries are, what your limitations are, and working within that. And that goes back to you being willing to to reach out when it comes to parts of the voice that you're not as comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would like to say no guarantees if you ask me to show your show you my tummy. Like I can <laughs> barely look you in the eye when we're doing these <laughs> lessons, never mind standing up and be like, this is my tummy. Um, yeah, I don't I know. I probably don't, I probably don't have to see it. And okay. that's, that's a really cool thing. So my ear has also gotten a lot better ah. online. Um, and I can usually hear what's going on. <laughs> so I, I usually don't have to see. I wondered about that. I mean, I've got a pretty good setup here. My husband uh, spoiled me rotten, getting me all set up with uh, a good microphone and all of that kind of stuff for the podcast. Uh, And I remember being so worried that I was going to break your eardrums. And you simply said, well, I can turn it down if I need to. Uh, But yeah, I wondered how that, how the sound quality maybe had changed for you. Is there other things you've noticed? This, I mean, the sound quality, I don't know why, but I was able to adjust really easily. Maybe it's because also in the pandemic, I, I'm a part of a, a, a professional choir, the Canadian Chamber Choir, mm-hmm. who um, is made up of members from all across Canada. And then we kind of all meet up in one place a couple times a year and just do some touring and singing and workshops and things. And then we all fly home. Um, and obviously we couldn't do that during the pandemic so all of our stuff was also online so I had to make sure I knew these like video platforms inside and out could adjust sound settings had the right headphones had the right microphone I got I had to be really diligent that way so that I would have hopefully done the same thing anyway for the lessons without that but it just that just forced me to do it so much faster and so I got familiar with this stuff and I was able to adjust and I can hear really well what's happening on the other side. So it's just an adjustment. You make that adjustment. And again, if I felt that the online platform wasn't giving me a good sense of what was happening in the student's voice, then I would say something and suggest that they go see someone in person instead. So you're doing exclusively online stuff? Yes. Do you think you'll branch out to in-person stuff now that things are getting a little bit better in the world, like a little bit? Um, I mean, I can't where I currently live. Um, I'm in a a condo building, um, so I'm sort of limited, but I'm not going to say forever. Who knows? I might move somewhere where I can do it again and then open up again. But I also like that I can have students from across the country. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, the time change gets me every once in a while. Thank goodness (laughs) you're so aware of it. Because, yeah, it, it, it catches me every once in a while. But I was really like, grateful that we could do online lessons. Mm-hmm. So going back a little bit, just going back to the choir that you're in, mm-hmm. uh, I would love to hear more about that. Uh, sure. D- tell me all the things. Okay. I joined in 2012, I think, January of 2012 or something like that. I, I was in Windsor at the time, and I was singing in a community choir there. And my director came up to me one day and said, you know, I'm in this professional choir and we really desperately need a soprano for our Ontario tour. Would you be interested in auditioning? And I did. I sent in like me audition, like me singing. I recorded myself singing and and sent it in and got hired for that tour and have been singing with them ever since. And that's actually where I met my husband. Oh, get out of here. 
on that tour. Yep. You guys are <laughs> and, a Disney movie for sure. It's so sweet. <laughs> so we met there and yeah, so I'm still singing with them. He um, hasn't sung a couple tours with them, but he's still technically part of the group. That's how it goes. It's a, um, a large pool of singers where they'll pick, they'll choose like a group of 18 to 22 singers for each tour depending on a lot of things so they want to we do a lot of the same music from tour to tour because we're always in a different location so they try to keep the group as similar as possible because we already know the music so you should keep as many of those people as you can um, and then if one of one of those people can't do it then they'll try to find someone who's a little closer because their travel will cost a little bit less stuff like that so there's a whole bunch of things that go into who they choose for each tour but um, I was just I happened to be in a position where I was able to do so many tours that I've just been singing with them all the way through because I was able to do it every time and I liked that consistency so it's so great it's it's such a good choir experience because everyone is so good and I'll admit, I felt like I was so out of place the first time singing with them. I thought, oh my gosh, like everyone here is so good. And you have to learn all your music ahead of time. So you go in knowing all of your notes, all of your rhythms, everything. And um, so that you can work on ensemble once you get there. And the first couple days are just intensive practicing, like rehearsing together. And then on the second, sometimes the first, but usually the second or third day, we start doing concerts and workshops, so it's really intense. Wow, you'd you'd have to work on your confidence real quick to be yes. And and what kinds of venues are you playing for these concerts? It's usually churches, um, although we're expanding a little bit to and like we've done some little concert halls and things. It's usually a smaller audience, but we've done some big concerts too. It just really depends on where you are, because some places in Canada there's a huge following for choral music. Oh, really? And then and then some places it's not as popular, like Sarnia. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Uh. So it just depends on where we are, and we just try to get in every kind of community. So small, we'll go to small towns, we'll go to big cities, we'll go everywhere. There's actually a conference this like weekend that we're recording it. The big choir conference is happening in Toronto right now. Okay. And most of those singers from the Canadian Chamber Choir, a lot of them are there. <laughs> just taking in all the choir stuff so it's just a virtual they're actually all there like in person it's actually in person which is pretty amazing that's that's so nice to hear that things are you know in person and it's probably a virtual option I would guess I don't know I didn't look into it but but it's also the nicest group of people like just kind of like theater Sarnia right like you find these people who are just so welcoming and they will work with you and they're patient and it's, it's awesome. I think music does that to people. That's a really nice way of putting it. Again, if this is a no-no question, you let me know. We pass it, we move on. But I'm just curious, is that a like a, an occupation type thing? Like, do you get paid to go with that? Okay, that's, that's, yep. that's pretty cool that you just yeah, go in and singing with some people and making some yep. money. It's not a lot, but yes. Um, and they pay all of your travel oh, okay. and they feed you and they make sure that you have a place to sleep, all of that. So it's like a free trip where you have to work really hard. And yeah. then you do get some money at the end as well. There's like a singer's fee that you get. Okay. I wondered, because for it to just be volunteer, that's yes. a lot of time to be volunteering. Yeah. Um, 
that's pretty it's, cool. It's worth it. It there have been. Um, it was a. I think that at one point it was, um, and it's always changing just based on how the choir is doing. But mm. it's it's worth it, and a lot of the singers see it as worthwhile just because of the musical experience that they get, and just the they get to see their lovely friends from across the the country. It's really awesome. It's unlike anything else. It's really hard to explain. It's really wonderful. That's cool. It's it's a world that I know nothing about. And it's interesting to me that there are towns or, or groups that seem to, do you call it choral music? Did I hear yeah. that right? Is there like a, like a town that is known for being the most diehard choral music fans? I have to like reach back in my brain to really know, but... <laughs> Um, a lot of, on the East Coast, choral music is a lot bigger. Oh. Like peop, a lot more people who love choral music out here. Okay. Than in Ontario. Yeah, <laughs> so you're kind of with your people a little bit more out yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. So, are you in any other any other choral groups aside from this super fancy, lucrative, traveling all over the place <laughs> one? Um, I did sing with a small group here in Halifax last year. Um, it was just a five voice ensemble sang some chamber music with them that was super fun they're called helios and my friend was in it like my, one of my friends from that professional choir from the the canadian oh, cool. chamber choir is in this group and i just sang with them um but we just did one concert and so that's all i've really done i'm okay with that like the pandemic kind of put a damper on a lot of yeah. choral activities and i'm okay with that because we're still you know it's been a year but we're still kind of getting settled and getting to know the area so i'm I'm all right with just doing the voice lessons and chilling, just <laughs> getting to know the town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it is, it is an adjustment. Like, it's an adjustment to move to a new town, not in a pandemic, never mind yeah. all of those extra little hoops that you'd have to jump through. And people are already scared of people, never mind, you know. Oh, going back to the to the breakthroughs thing, and obviously not not having to identify who who it is that you may have had one with but the, are there are there memorable stories of instances like that that you've had with your voice coaching over the years that you might want to share sure yeah so um and it's it's kind of cool because a lot of the time it's not just one student mm. um it's a number of students who will have the, a similar breakthrough i'll say this one is always memorable to me no matter who it is often a young student really young like um seven or something seven or eight yes so fun to work with they when I teach them how to breathe so that when you breathe in your belly actually goes out and then when you breathe out your belly pushes in to push the air out when I teach them that and they finally get it and can coordinate it the look on their face is always priceless they're just so excited about feeling that deep deep singer's breath that's one of my favorite ones always <laughs> Yeah, it's so cute. Um, and also, another one that's pretty common is girls going through their voice change. Because, I mean, boys going through their voice change, too, is obviously a thing. Um, and that took a lot of research for me to, to be able to deal with. But girls don't always know that their voice is changing, too. But if you think about it, obviously, the voice does change. Because do you sound like you did when you were seven? No. <laughs> So something has changed. So girls go through the voice change as well. It's just not as obvious as a male voice change. So I often have lots of breakthroughs around that age as well because, first of all, them finding out, oh, 
what I'm feeling in my voice is actually normal mm. and all girls will experience this and it's feeling weird and that's okay. That is always a really special kind of moment when they finally understand that. And then when their adult voice starts to kind of flourish, that is always so special because especially with like when they feel it and hear it and everything kind of clicks in for the first time. I love when I'm there for that. It's I, I and it's hard to explain. They just I think they just can't believe the sound that's coming out of their body. And they're still so young too. So they're this tiny little person and there's this this big sound coming out and they're like I I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so those are always so great. And then other other examples are things like when this can happen at any age when someone maybe who's used to singing with a really breathy sound a lot of people call that head voice right so using the, this higher part of the voice the first time that they actually access the lower part of their voice and sing really with their body mm. with some core and find their chest chest voice as, as people say that is a pretty common breakthrough as well or vice versa being so used to singing really deep and then finding this these other notes that they didn't know they have yeah right this is great review by the way there's some terminology that you're you're using again that I'm like oh I remember that I remember that (laughs) and I just was thinking about like when you first taught me about register changes because it felt like the most bizarre thing it was like why is my voice like cracking and getting all weird when I'm I know what I'm supposed to sing and yet it's going, and you're like, yeah. don't worry, it's okay, it's okay, it's the most natural thing, you're changing yeah. that register, so I can, I can relate a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so with, if the, with your lessons, do you, do you have a wide variety of people that you're teaching in terms of age groups? Yeah, all ages. I think my youngest one is seven, and I don't like to usually start much before that. They're pretty hard to deal with online <laughs> before the age of seven. <laughs> Um, but my youngest one is seven, and I think my oldest one is approaching 80. Cool. Yeah. Oh, Full wide cool. range. Yeah. Huh. So- and with the older students, it's more about maintaining because as you age, everything starts to go, right, including the voice. And so they start to notice that their voice is more wobbly. Maybe it's a little lower than it used to be. They can't reach their high notes anymore. Their breathing doesn't feel the same. And so a lot of what we do is just trying to maintain the voice that they're used to and dealing with these inevitable changes that are going to happen as they continue to age. That was so cool. I hadn't thought of that, that like, like you say, I mean, uh, a young boy, that voice change. Yeah. yeah, That's, it comes to mind easily, but a a young girl, I don't remember that change in my life. Right. It's so gradual. That's why. But it's true. I certainly don't sound like I did when I was seven. And then so interesting to hear about, you know, how that would change as you're aging into Mm -hmm. your your senior years. Oh, super interesting. Now I got too many questions again. (laughs) Uh, So then uh, what what age group is your, your absolute preference then? What do you think is your forte? Yeah, so I mean, I love them all. I love all my students. Um, <laughs> As you're talking I, to one of your students, like, yeah, <laughs> I needed to hear that. Thank you. Okay, now go ahead. I, I really do love all my students. I have to say, though, my favorite overall 
is like where where I excel the most and where I think I, I have maybe the biggest impact is that just after that female voice change and going through it as well but um that is always hard mm. to deal with right it's it's a struggle and the student doesn't always feel like they're getting something out of the lesson at mm. that point but after that when they're growing into their adult voice that's my for both boys and girls any anybody I love that mm. that part I will say too I've had I also just love the variety that I get in my students like everyone has different goals so I right now I have a student who is aspiring to be an audiobook narrator. Oh, cool. And we're working on speaking huh. and stamina and stuff huh. like that. So that's really cool. I've had like transgender um, trying to come into their new yeah. voice. Oh, cool. I've had students going through that. Um, and there's so there's this huge variety of reasons why someone might take a voice lesson and so it's never old never boring <laughs> I can see that being a vulnerable space too when you're transitioning into and I obviously cannot speak to that experience I'm just basing it on imagining or or interpreting that it would be a vulnerable I think I would be vulnerable I think I'd be scared mm-hmm. and yeah. and that would put some pressure on you but immediately again the way that you pep talk and make everybody feel important and like they're doing a great job. Like even just now when I said, what's your favorite? I don't think anyone could ever say that they didn't believe you when you say, I, I love all of my students. So, oh, that's, that's powerful. That's that. Wow. And those are tough because you're right. It is a really vulnerable space. And, and I have to be so careful that I'm a safe that mm-hmm. I'm a safe person. Mm-hmm. And it's so incredibly like obvious is the wrong word. Um, but yeah, I have to make it so clear that I'm a mm-hmm. safe person. This is a safe space and I have your best interest yes. in mind and I'm going to help you with whatever your goals yeah. are. Yeah, and so those are mentally a little bit draining, mm-hmm. but they're that that's the rewarding thing again too, because to see um, the smile on their face when they speak a sentence in maybe a way that they've never been able to speak a sentence mm. before and how happy they are. Oh. And like, it's just, it's incredible. What a wonderful impact to have on, on someone's life. So then with speech, is it, is it similar with the, the voice register as when you're singing? Like, is it a matter of getting through... Mm-hmm that kind of sticky place where it wants to be in one spot and you want it to go into the other spot? Hmm. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of crossover there um, with voice acting as well. Mm. And so this audiobook narrator, so I can maybe demonstrate. So I'm speaking in sort of a low, lowish uh, part of my voice. I could speak a little bit lower. I could have done the whole interview here, mm. <laughs> but that's not really my voice, right? Um, or I could raise it and speak mm-hmm. up here. So I can speak really, really high, or I can move it into the nasal and speak like that, right? Or I can, like, come off the voice a little bit and speak like this. So there's so many options, and it's just this is where my voice is the most comfortable. So in those lessons, we're doing exercises to get the voice comfortable speaking in one of those different places. Mm. Now, you had said 
you were self-conscious about your acting to me mm-hmm. you've got an incredible talent just in in showing me the the different ways of speaking like that like there were like several different characters right there and you slipped into <laughs> it so easily it's surprising to me to hear you were self-conscious about the acting piece I think it's more it's more about my body <laughs> really and you're so connected like, to your I am now. I at the time. I, I think if I went back and arms <laughs> just registered. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt until recently. I felt really awkward being told to to move somewhere and then having to move to that place. I think it would be different now that I'm more in touch. Like I've done a little bit more body work, like yoga mm. and and things like that, since the acting. <laughs> But yeah, that that was the biggest thing for me. I just always felt like I was standing weird or that my arms were weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think at some point, even the best actors are, are up there going like, what am I doing with my arms right now? What's happening? <laughs> Too funny. So then uh, uh, another question that popped into my mind when you were you were talking about it being part of your strength, working with people in young people moving out of their youthful voice and into their adult voice. Do you think that has something to do with your own experience in singing? 100%. <laughs> um, yes, because I had a horrible, horrible time um, over my uh, voice change. I just, it was, it was awful. I couldn't figure out what was happening and my teacher did not tell me what was happening. And finally, my mom moved me to a different teacher and that teacher helped me understand what was going on. But I, I think I still feel what happened before I figured it out. I was just so frustrated. Why can't I sing anymore? So I made it sort of my mission <laughs> to learn about what was happening there so I could help other people when they're going through that same thing. Because it is hard. It's really hard. And some girls, it takes years, that transition. And I feel I was one of them. And I feel for them. And I want to help them. So, yeah. you, you got a big heart, don't you? Just all the all the loves and wanting to to help people is absolutely lovely those experiences when we're young too like they can be so crippling when you're you know you have no idea what's going on and you'd think that that would be like a thing with music teachers that if you're dealing with kids y'all should know that that's a thing that happens so be gentle yeah and and i think now that is, it seems to me from where I stand in the music industry, that does seem to be where things mm-hmm. are going. The sh- focus has shifted a little bit in how people teach voice um, specifically. The focus is now on the fundamentals. Let's produce a healthy sound. Everyone is different. So make sure that you're producing your healthiest sound and we're going to work with your strengths and we're going to work on flexibility so that you're not just only going to sing opera you're going to you're going to try some pop you're going to try some musical theater um, because vocal flexibility is such a really like just such a good skill it seems like that is where at least in my circles that's where vocal pedagogy is going but I think like my teacher was a little Mm. older my first teacher um, and I think it was very different in her experience it was a lot about how does it sound does it sound good enough does it sound good enough for you to win in music festival? Those kinds mm. of things. And and obviously there have been amazing teachers forever who understand, you know, and, and every student, I've had students who don't connect with me and that's mm. okay. 
everyone's different. And if you don't form that connection, there's no point in forcing mm -hmm. it, right? Find another teacher who you connect with. So that could have been it too. It could have just been that I wasn't connecting <laughs> with that teacher. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I really do think that there is this shift to like, it's less about what it sounds like. And it's more about you sounding like the healthiest version mm -hmm. of you. And I love That's that. That's a really good point too, though, that that teacher with that focus on winning, there were students out mm -hmm. there that were right for her style. So it is important yes. to, I get all defensive. I'm like, oh, that B word ought to get out of there. She doesn't know how to teach kids. But it's true. It's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of relationships that can form in a teacher-student uh, scenario. So how do you stay yeah. current with your teaching skills? I'm so privileged to have the network that I have. So many of the singers in the Canadian Chamber Choir are also voice oh. teachers in some way. So I can always network with them. I know um, I keep on top of, so Julia, the director of the Canadian Chamber Choir has written a textbook on vocal wow. technique and I use that textbook and she's, she keeps it very current with the science of vocal health oh. and how the voice works. So I use that as a guide, but yeah, I also just have so many resources um, that I can just ask. And I try, I try to look it up too. Mm -hmm. I try to make sure that I'm reading every once in a while. I, I'm more on the scientific side. That's just how my brain works. So I try to keep up with what vocal science is saying. As far as like keeping up current with what music is out there, I keep that up to my students. <laughs> <laughs> they can tell me what songs they want to sing. But the, the science part, I make sure that I know sort of what scientists are saying about speech and about voice I, as much as yeah. I can. That's super cool. Uh, I imagine that's, mm -hmm. that, that's why I feel um, comfortable around you. I love when you're throwing the jargon at me and teaching me all this stuff and um, like to never stop that. I love that. I want to, like we, we were talking about earlier, even if I get 10% of what you're throwing down, maybe we'll do another interview in six months and you'll bring up these topics again and these words and it'll be even more reaffirming. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, so we're getting we're getting to that point where my computer could combust. So I usually try <laughs> to leave the last couple minutes as open forum if there is a, a side hustle or a, a charity or or something in general that you want to raise awareness for. Can't uh, can't think of anything specific, but I will say, singing is so good for you. So I hope people now that the pandemic is hopefully coming mm -hmm. to an end I hope people come back to their singing and go back to their choirs or their singing groups or the theater and keep doing it that's that's what's most important to me yeah um and uh, what is it in about singing that you know is good for people it's well first of all it uses the body you use muscles mm -hmm. it's a little bit of an aerobic <laughs> workout so that's yeah. good for you it helps you get in touch with your body, which I think is just such an important thing to know how you work. It's really, really a good thing to know how you work and, and learning about the voice is one of those ways. Singing with other people, you breathe together, right? And then you create a sound that sounds good with these other people. That is such a bonding and such a good social experience without having to be social. So like for someone who's maybe introverted singing with someone else might be a much better way to have that social experience than trying to have a, an awkward conversation <laughs> with someone yeah right yeah, for sure <laughs> things like that yeah community social just the the body work the breath work that happens it's all 
It's all really good. And music, as I said, like I think music brings out the good in people. Oh. All of that. Thank you. I think that's like the fourth time you've blown my mind today uh, between <laughs> the lesson and uh, the interview. I'm so, so grateful that you were willing to, to sit down and have a chat with me. Uh, especially back yeah. to back with the lesson. You got to be on for the lesson and on for an interview. So I'm very grateful for your time. I love it. That's great. But yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That was really cool. fun. Guess I'll see you at my lesson. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Bye. See you later. Okay, kids. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Next week's guest is the talented and lovely Julie Cushman. See you then.